everybody. Yo, yo, yo. Yo. So, how's everything? How does everything go? How does it go? It goes good. How's things with you? Can't complain. I burned through five episodes of Masters of the Universe, six episodes of Loki, finished up and restarted Daredevil. You know, life is good. Wow. TV, TV, TV. Well, Daredevil is one of those I run in the background. <laughs> you know, like there's only a handful of episodes or scenes where I'm like, I absolutely have to watch this, you know? Yeah. Like the ending. The ending is the one you, you can't miss at all. Nope. Because the fight scene's amazing. But then, of course, you know, you get that awesome speech from Murdoch where he's just mm-hmm. like... Uh, Oh, he's just like, you're going to spend the rest of your life in a cage, miserable life in a cage, knowing you'll never have Vanessa, that this city rejected you, it beat you. And then he's like, I beat you. You're like, oh, my God. (laughs) Pumps me up so much every time. I'm like, oh, my God, that is just so great. Masterful. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I believe we're here to talk about... A TV show. I don't know if you've heard of it. You might have, because we're talking about it. Yeah, the other people yeah. out there that listen to our, our show or watch it, they might not have heard of it. It's called Loki. Loki. Yeah. And it's uh, it's kind of a big deal and a game changer in a way that I did not think was going to happen, especially because like WandaVision was touted as a game changer. Yeah. And it was for her character and for Vision but not much for anything else, which is fine. Yeah. You know, and then of course they say, well, you know, Captain America and Bucky or the Winter Soldier, not much of a game changer. And I'm going, eh, it kind of was game changer, but not a huge one. This yep. one, it's, it's game changer. It, uh, I tell you, man. Wow. I, you know what? I had, like, I wasn't super, I don't know what it was about Loki. I wasn't super excited. It was on the Wednesdays. I always forgot about it. Like, we always talked about this during, like, a ton of campcasts. So, oh, yeah, we missed Loki again. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? And I was the same way. Because, like, yeah. I love the, the Loki character. Uh, and I love Tom Hiddleston, his version of the character. I love it. But I'm not, like super in love like his fans are like i'm you know like loki up until uh thor mm-hmm. i was like you know it was like uh like anything else like because i mean i'm i'm very familiar with thor yep. just like i'm very familiar with a shit ton of comics in general uh oh by the way i read uh, most recent radiant black we'll talk about that oh um, i haven't read number six yet is it six uh, yes, I believe it is six. That's the one with it. the backstory. Yes, for, I'm ready. Uh, Radiant Red. I'm ready. Yet. Oh, okay. We will not talk about it. Okay. But, but well, yeah. to be continued. To be okay. continued. All right. Ooh. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like you know, it was kind of the same thing with like uh, with Heath Ledger's Joker, where like just certain people attach themselves to that character. We're like, Oh, so it was the same thing with Loki. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, I wasn't really like a huge Loki fan until Thor. And I was like, Whoa, this Hiddleston guy is doing a really good job with Thor. Um, 
hitting the perfect blend of like sinister, uh, manipulative, yeah, but also underneath you're kind of going, yeah, but I can I can see where he's coming from. He's just yeah, yeah, exactly. He's got you know, even though he has all that stuff, he's also like got this charm about him, right? It's like I kind of that lovable exactly, road I, character. I know where he's coming from. You know? Like even even in Avengers where he does all of this stuff. And all of it's horrible. Like it's all horrible. You're, but yeah. you're still just like, yeah, but he's not all bad. He's yeah. just, he's just under misunderstood. Come here, Loki. You're a good boy. You know that kind of thing. Um, but I'm not gonna lie to you. I was super, super surprised that he died in Endgame. I did not see that coming at all. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, and I was blown away by it. Like I was, or no, it was Infinity War. Infinity War, yeah, the very beginning. Yeah, Infinity War, he, that's right, that's right. So he dies in Infinity War, and I was like, holy fuck. Like, wow. Yeah. And the way they did it, too, he just got fucking choked out. <laughs> like, oh, it was brutal. It was a horrible way to go, and I was just like, oh, my God, that set the stage, too, because now you're like, oh, fuck this Thanos guy. And then he lays out the Hulk horribly. But anyway, without getting yeah. too sidetracked. Um, so then they announced the show, and, of course, we're immediately thinking, oh, it's a prequel, whatever. And I was like, eh. And that was at the time we were just like, fuck TV shows. Like, really? You know? So then we get to, to the actual Loki TV show, and it's bonkers. It's like, it's the American Doctor Who. Oh, 100%. It's so wacky and out there, but everything works so unbelievably well. It works flawlessly, and I'm so Everything. glad... That that the, there's going to be a season two, but I'm also glad that this is actually like, okay, you know what? This is it. This is officially, we're setting up the big bad for the oh, next yeah. Avengers movie, which is like two years down the road. Yeah. We're fucking hitting the ground now. Now, you know, it's Kang. Yeah. Now, you know that uh, the multiverse is a thing now, like this is it. And yeah. then, so the, there's so many implications uh, that are a part of this. Um, and I've got a couple of theories that we'll get to, but overall, so far, this is my favorite Marvel TV show. Now, does that just include the three, or is that also Queen Daredevil? I'm oh sorry, this is my favorite Disney Marvel TV show. Okay, same here. In fact, I would say this is hands down the best of the three. Yep. But it's also probably the second best of all Marvel shows after Daredevil. Because I was that fucking mind blown by this. Ah, you know what? I would have to say third best because Jessica Jones season one was so good. Season one was excellent, but season two oh, really good. fucking took a shit. Yeah, that's that's fine. And season Daredevil three was, was better. Season three was better than uh, season two. But yeah, if we're just counting seasons. If we're just counting seasons. It's Daredevil, and then it's like Jessica Jones, and then it's like Loki, like just nudging. I might even give it tied for second. Yeah, because it is but, uh, like, you know what's crazy? <laughs> I was like, I actually love this more than any of Thor's live action Avengers. Yeah, I never thought I'd ever say that Loki has. I'm in the same boat. Thor, but I'm in the same boat. I absolutely, I, I agree. I think this is. Uh, 
it's better than all three of the movies. I'm only going to include the Thor movies because, like I've said before, just the Thor. Russo's yeah. take on Thor is awesome. I love what they do. They have that perfect blend of bro jock with like uh, righteous god hero. Like all of it is perfectly blended well. That's why I'm a, I'm interested to see how the Thor Thunder and Love version of this because like i said like i'm not the hugest fan of ragnarok's version of thor but i have to rewatch it because i guarantee you i guarantee you rewatching it i'll be like no 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 it's actually a pretty good version i've been meaning to rewatch it for quite a while now too but uh but yeah this is just so good like i I actually think that's gonna be the weirdest thing about love and thunder is seeing a thor movie with a loki in it that's gonna be the weirdest thing about it yeah, actually, it is because I mean, you know, his entire their stories have been threaded together all the way through. Yeah, that's another thing where, the, like, when you get to Infinity War, his death is so heartbreaking because by the end of it, Ragnarok, like, they're literally they, like this now. They're like, okay, this is the this is how we're gonna go from here on out. Yeah, it's more of a that brotherly love. Always gonna be like that love hate relationship, but it's more love than hate this time around. Yeah. Yeah. Which, because like, and this is one of the things that's very interesting about the show is that we get to see Thor or uh, Loki go from like a shitty douchebag to like coming up to being an actual elite level threat to now becoming the anti-hero where mm-hmm. ultimately he is recognizing his place. He, he, he realizes that his parents did love him. Like he went through two parents' deaths. He went through... Uh, well, even Thor, like Thor's metamorphosis too, bled into that. So it's just, it's interesting yeah. to see them take now Loki, yeah, who hasn't gone through any of that at all. Mm-hmm. Because you almost forget, constantly you almost forget that this Loki was taken at the end of Avengers. Exactly, right? He never had any of that growth. Or not taken, but he like he moved like he takes off with the uh, tesseract there. But that 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 friggin' scene of him watching what would have happened after Avengers and how his oh. life played out, and how he lost his mother and his father, and how he died at the hands of Thanos, and or wow. the fact that his mother died because of his choice. Yeah, wow. His, when he like unleashed the dude to kill Thor, his mother dies because of that. Like I was like, oh my god, and I never even thought of that. I never made that connection until this show. And I was like, holy fuck. Like you really, really feel for him in there. Like that was a freaking powerful scene. Like I was, I was like almost crying with the guy. Well, I was like, oh my God, I can't, I can't. This is crazy. Fuck. Man. Oh, this is Um, such a good scene. Such a good scene. Before we get too, uh, too buried. Cause like, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have any dislikes. Yeah. I have absolutely no dislikes. This is just going to be another episode of me gushing about uh, comic book related shit. So anyway, let's go. Created by Michael Waldron, who has writing credits for Rick and Morty and upcoming movie. I don't know if you've heard of it. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It's kind of perfect that he's writing that after this. Yeah. Um, the director which is interesting. I actually had to do a little bit of digging to find the director, but it was Kate Heron and she directed the entire season yep. and uh, hats off to her because that was incredible. Incredible. Um, 
the cast. Loki LaFacen is Tom Hiddleston and also President Loki. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, giant spoilers, everybody. Super. Oh, yeah. The whole thing is spoiled. The whole thing. Okay. Yeah. If it the- isn't spoiled, it's because we haven't mentioned it. But the intention to spoil every inch of the show is there. It's no coming. More. Uh, so Ravana Renslayer is played by, bear with me, Guju Mabatha Ra. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hunter B15 is Wunmi Mosaku. Badass. I loved her character. Oh man, she's amazing. She was in I love her character. Country. Excuse me. Um, I read in an interview where she thought like it was really interesting about how her gender had played no role in her character. Mm-hmm. Her character is uh it reminded me of uh, Sigourney Weaver as Ripley in the uh, first Aliens movie where, because like the whole purpose was like her role originally was written for Tom Skerritt. Yeah. Yeah. But then they switched it to her and, but they switched nothing else. They didn't change anything at all. So she's like this badass, confident person who just so happens to be a woman. Yeah. And I got those vibes huge. And when I read that interview, I was like, yep, Totally see it. Totally see it. Definitely. Then we've got, uh, I'm not, I don't know why he's so high on the cast list, but I thought it was awesome anyway. Um, so Casey, who is played by Eugene Cordero, and uh, he's got the distinction of being in Marvel movies, DC movies, and pretty much any TV show that Mike Schur has produced, because I'm pretty sure I've seen him in The Office. I know he's been in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's been in The uh, the Good Place. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, it was great to see him. Uh, he ends up playing a receptionist and a hunter in the new timeline. We've got Miss Minutes, played by Tara Strong, who voices pretty much any female character out there. Mm-hmm. I think she's been a Powerpuff Girl, uh, Sailor Moon. Uh, yep. She's been, of course, obviously... Uh, Harley Quinn. Yep. Um, Batgirl, I believe she's also played. So just constant credits for her in terms of voice work. And uh, what I loved about her portrayal of Miss Minutes was that if I didn't know it was Tara Strong, I wouldn't have immediately made that connection because she's not doing like a Harley Quinn ripoff or anything like that. So I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's yep. so awesome. Yeah. Of course, when I saw the credits, I was like, of course it's her. <laughs> <laughs> but I was surprised and, and uh, happy that I wasn't able to immediately pick her out. Uh, then we've got Mobius M. Mobius. And I have a feeling his middle name is Mobius. Mobius. Who is a uh, play by Owen Wilson, which I was surprised to see him in a Marvel production. But at the same time, I was happy to see it because I haven't seen him in much since uh, since he had that fall from grace in Hollywood. Yep. But I'm, I was happy to see him. I loved him in this uh, this show, even though it's not like he's doing anything different. He's still Owen Wilson, like he is in like almost all of his movies. There's yep. always the, the rare few where he's actually playing something different, uh, like that uh, Escape movie with uh, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, that's a good movie. That was really good, really good. And that was one of his best, like, actual, like, acting roles. It was right up there with uh, Behind Enemy Lines. Even though that one's a little bit more, that's, like, 
pre-Owen Wilson, where you could see him just starting to be like, oh, wow, wow. Oh, I really like that. I don't, I don't know why you got to come at me like that. And, you know, but, uh, but I think it was a perfect counterbalance to, to Loki and uh, Loki's character arc. Super perfect. And you know, the chemistry um, between them was amazing. Oh, like, yeah, was, but I mean, I feel like. Buddy comedy perfection. I feel like it's hard not to have chemistry with Owen Wilson, though. Yeah, I mean, it probably is, but you don't. And Tom Hiddleston like, too, but okay. yeah, it was so good. So like you good. said, like Owen, Owen Wilson's playing Owen Wilson here, so it's basically you know his character from Wedding Crashers hanging out with fucking Loki. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, it's exactly. Funny. funny. It's great, it, and it worked perfectly. Um, yeah. And the interesting part too is this is a, a Fantastic Four character that's being introduced. Mm-hmm. So it's like, come on, guys, just fucking announce Fantastic Four, announce the casting, let's just get this underway. Because I mean, I, I, I bet you that Fantastic Four obviously is like a Phase 5 movie, but get it out there before Avengers 5 so that we can actually have like a huge, giant cast again. But, I mean, we'll see what happens. I You know what? I honestly think that Fantastic Four is going to be the end of Phase 4. I think rather than an Avengers movie, they're going to end it with Fantastic Four. And that's a that's a good way to go because uh, I mean we need a, a couple of movies to keep us like really hyped for Phase Five. Yeah, uh, and especially because Phase Five is probably going to be ended with the Avengers movie, or it's either halfway through. But I feel like Avengers Five is going to be the end point for Phase Five because they're fighting Kang, and I can't help but feel like this not a one and done villain for him. I think he's going to get a two parter. Like uh, like Thanos. Well, he's going to make an appearance in Ant Man and Lost Quantumania. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know, but like, I mean. Um. But yeah, no, he's definitely working towards. He's got to be in Fantastic Four, right? You know what? I don't necessarily want him in Fantastic Four per se. Reference him, yes, or. You know, like have like a stinger thing where he's in it, but he's not the focal point because the focal point has to be Dr. Doom. That has to be the main villain for the Fantastic Four villain and or for the Fantastic Four movie. And I know like there's going to be people that are like, yeah, but Dr. Doom again. And it's like, yes, Dr. Doom again. Okay, because. He is the most recognizable Fantastic Four villain, ex- with the exception of Galactus. Okay, but you have to, and here's the thing: you have to get Doctor Octopus or Doctor Doom correct. Mm-hmm. He's got to look awesome. He's got to sound awesome, and his character has to be virtually identical to how he's portrayed in the comic books. Yep. Uh, except for this new hero Doom. I'm not. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking like no. the villain Doom. Yeah. Okay. And then once he's established, don't kill him off. Keep him around. But have some sort of mention to Kang. Kang. In fact, I mean, you could even have Kang be the reason why the Fantastic Four are created because of the new timeline. There's something. But don't make him a focal point is what I'm getting at. What do you think of the idea of, like, for Fantastic Four... You know how with the Avengers, they kind of introduced them all in separate movies leading up to Avengers? Mm-hmm. What, do you, what would you think if we saw like Reed Richards as just Reed Richards or Victor Von Doom as just Victor Von Doom? 
leading up to the moment in Fantastic Four where everyone becomes Ooh. Fantastic Four. Because you know what? That, I, was I actually, case, that was the case. I would totally put Victor Von Doom in Doctor Strange. You know what? I actually I do like that idea. I be, I mean, like, I, especially because uh, I like the idea of Doom not having any powers. Yeah, I like the idea of Doom having like the the suit, like a, an alternate evil Iron Man. I like that idea, but I also yeah. like the I like the Mark Wade version where he also does the the magic too. Magic stuff, yeah. And that's exactly and, what I was uh, thinking of. Like, so that actually, I think that would work, and like you could have. Uh, Victor Von Doom be literally like a pupil <laughs> for the uh, the oh, what the hell is it that master oh what the hell the the freaking the top sorcerer supreme the top sorcerer supreme yeah the one that trains Doctor Strange oh the um ancient one the ancient one that's right yeah you know like have have him being a learning under the ancient one and having be cast out because he's learning it for for evil like they yeah. figured it out and they're like no no no, you gotta kill because it doesn't have to be a big scene it could just say like kick him out and then somebody goes like whoa uh was that the new guy victor and they go yeah keep an eye on him that kind of thing yeah because I mean, you don't like, even have to give him the full name. You just say Victor. No, Most comic fans small. are going to go very small. Whoa. I mean, look at Hawkeye's introduction in Thor. It was like a couple minutes long. Didn't say his name or anything. And yeah, I just went. To, oh, the hawk. He's in his nest, and we're yeah. all like, "Oh yeah." So exactly. I agree. I actually like that idea. Not so like, all. What of if them? in like what if in the the Marvels, so Miss Marvel two or Captain Marvel two or whatever, we see like they're at you know, NASA or something, and we see Ben Grimm or something, like, just simple stuff like that. You cast yeah. the guy ahead of time, have this, have a great actor that can lead the future, and then just have them make that little appearance. Or if you haven't cast uh, all of them yet, yeah, have some sort of, like, something where, like, a file is on the table, and you see Ben Grimm's name. Something yeah. to that effect. Well, Teaser, like they used to do with the X-Men movies, where, like, you got, like, Remy LeBeau's name in there, yeah. or you saw a clip of Hank McCoy on TV, and then you were just like, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. I agree. I actually like your idea. For once, For once, you got an idea that's better than mine. Because then by the time Fantastic Four comes up, at the end of Phase Four, you're like, yes, we've been building to this. Yeah, exactly. And then it makes also... Uh, the origin story of a little bit more quicker paced because we have an idea. We have already exactly. met Reed. Quicker paced. Already met Victor. It gets the Fox know. movies out of everyone's mind. They're going to be excited for it by the time. That's it not going to be hard. That's not going to be hard. <laughs> okay. That's really not going to be hard. But that's but yeah. when they think Fantastic Four is, oh, wow, yeah. that movie. So that's really cool. Anyway, uh, tangent aside, the next one on the list is yeah. uh, Sylvie, the alternate Loki. Oh. Played by Sofia Martino, and uh, absolutely for me, best character of the whole show. Like, oh, I loved Loki, and uh, I loved Hunter B fifteen, and I I loved actually. I don't know if there's a character in here I didn't love, but she was the one where I was like, okay, she's the absolute standout, and she even uh, crushes uh, Jonathan Majors, which for some reason I didn't write down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, she was so incredible in this, like so incredible. Oh, so I, I didn't think good. anything of Lady Loki being in this, but the way they did it and how she goes by Sylvie and everything. Well, and that was the other part too. So, like when I saw the clip of Lady Loki, I was like, "Oh, so are they having like Loki change genders like he did in the comic books, like during yeah. the uh, uh, Straczynski run?" I thought I was like, "Oh, that's a really interesting." Um, but that's the other thing too. Like they covered almost every version of Loki in this. And I was like, fucking A, man. Like, this is just nuts. But, uh, so she was standout. Plus, I also loved how they used Atomic Blonde as a reference for her fight scenes. Yeah. Which, for the most part, the fight scenes are actually pretty good. There was only one or two where I was like, ah, but, I mean, that's that's fine, in my opinion. Um, we've got Hunter C20, played by Sasha Lane who's been actually in a lot of things lately playing almost the same character, this like rugged badass type chick. Mm -hmm. But her part was really cool. Like when she starts to realize, wait a minute, I'm, I'm not something that was made just for the TVA. I'm actually a human. So that was one of the first times in the show where I was like, Oh fuck, what's going on with the TVA? This is interesting. This is really interesting. That was a nice twist. Very nice twist. Very nice twist. Um, because especially because like when Loki starts saying like this all just seems so weird that when he starts going into that. But uh, anyway, getting back to it, we've got Kid Loki, which surprised me that we had Kid Loki played by Jack Veal. Yeah. Boastful Loki, I didn't see coming. Um, Diobia Opere, and this was the most surprising out of the entire cast. Richard E. Grant playing classic Loki, literally in the classic Loki attire, which I didn't think we'd ever see. That but I'm actually my, glad that we did. That was probably my favorite part of the whole fucking show, man. When he cuts loose and he's building friggin' Asgard. Oh. Oh. And just the fact that, like, his <laughs> thing is that he faked his death to avoid Thanos. Yeah. But then showed up because he was lonely. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, like, fucking crazy. Oh, no, wait. No, I did got, get Jonathan Majors. Uh, we also, got, yeah, He Who Remains, in parentheses. A yep. version of Kang yep. uh, as, by Jonathan Majors. And I loved his, uh, I loved how he's just super chill about everything. Like mm-hmm. he's telling stories like, yeah, you know, the whole thing with TVA, it's just bullshit. It's just something so that I can keep all my like different variants from amassing a huge time war because oh, that's just not going to be good. He's fucking yeah. eating an apple while he's doing it. I was just like, yeah. oh, so good. So good. And then finally, We've got Jamie Alexander and Chris Hemsworth in uncredited roles as Sir uh, Sif, and he's credited as Throg here, but it's Thor Frog, Thor Frog. or Frog Thor or whatever. <laughs> which that was, I was probably the most surprised to see those two in the entire show. Yeah, I was floored to see classic Loki and Kid Loki and uh, Lady Loki. I know it's Sylvie, but still, I was yep. floored to see all those. But to see Sif show up and Frog Thor, I was like, what the fuck is happening here? This is crazy. This is awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, it's cool that Hemsworth voiced Frog Thor. I was like, <laughs> this is just nuts. This is so good. But then again, I guess uh, you got to do something in between shoots, right? So, Oh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, really, how hard would that be to do a little bit of voiceover? No, not hard at all. Not hard. 
I was really, I was actually, I think the, Jamie Alexander surprised me the most to see her show up as Sif. I was, I was like, so oh, happy. No. I was like, yes, they remember that Sif exists. That's, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Great. Um, okay, so uh, I'm just going to say for the record. So we've already been gushing, uh, but the plot was so intriguing right from the get-go. Like we touched upon the fact that this is a Loki who hasn't gone through the character progression that the Loki that we're familiar with has. So then we got to the scene where he's going through his and running through his life up until his death. You're just like, holy fuck, buddy. Like you, you are in for it. And of course that me that puts him in a position where he's like, all right, I'll do it. I'll hunt down this variant. And I, I did like that. They made it seem like this was going to be a creature of the week that he was going to hunt a different Loki variant every episode, yep. but it ends up being just Sylvie. And then that informs the whole season. I was like, yes, this is so great. I, I was kind so of shocked. I, I, I thought the same thing as you. It was going to be one of those Loki of the week type deals. Yep. And then all of a sudden the story just flips. He's on that other planet with her. And <sighs> that whole episode was amazing. Oh, oh like, man. The settings. Like I was just blown away by the sets in this. Like I know it's all CG at this point, but my like everything looks so gorgeous. <laughs> well, speaking of the third issue or third episode, that whole planet, uh, Lamentis, mm-hmm. that was amazing. Like everything leading up to that, I thought was really awesome. It visually looked incredible, and it, it definitely like fit the tone of the show. And then we got to here, and then I was just like, "There's no way. like this is just so bonkers." Like the, the way it looked. Uh, and even the story itself, like in episode three, this is a slower episode. Yeah. So I looked at it like, so they hit the ground running. Now they let you catch your breath a bit. Now we ramp up to the final final two episodes or three episodes, actually, yeah. where it just peaks and you're just like, holy shit. But even the climax of the episode of the final, like the actual end of the season was almost anticlimactic because they had the big battle between the the two Lokis mm-hmm. or Loki and Sylvie, sorry. And then of course she fucking knocks him out to the TVA. And, but when he, she actually kills uh, he who remains, it's just lackluster. It was just, Ooh. And then he's just like, okay, see you soon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but then, I think that works better because then when we see the TVA now, we actually see uh, majors in almost perfect cane garb. I was floored. I was like, holy fuck. So I'm glad it wasn't this huge, big spectacle. And then you had that because, again, it brought it down so that when you hit that beat, it was just like, Jesus, fuck. So yeah, that was incredible. That was absolutely incredible. I loved, and I loved the pacing of every episode. The soundtrack or the score oh, was man. so... Yeah, I was going to look at the composer because I actually went right on Spotify and I put a bunch of that music on my list. Oh, like, yeah. like it, I was like, That, that wow. score was fucking nuts. Natalie Holt. That's cool. Yeah, apparently think, she actually... Been, I don't think there's been any female... Uh, I don't think so either. Marvel Universe. Uh, not only is she a talented uh, uh, musician, yep. I believe she also, <laughs> I think she threw an apple at Simon Cowell. Oh, really? 
I think so. I think I read somewhere that she did. Uh, don't quote me on hundred percent on that. Cause I could be wrong, but I believe that's what it was. Um, I said it before, but the cast is amazing. Cast is like, everyone in the show is so good. The chemistry across the board, like everyone's got chemistry with everyone that they're with. Yeah. Like, it's just so, so good. Um, like even, uh, Renslayer, I liked how they were playing her with different shades of gray or like playing her like she knew more than she let on type of thing. Mm-hmm. But then you find out she actually doesn't know that much. She doesn't know much more than the other guys like Mobius, for instance. She knows a bit more, but not the complete story. Like, hell, I mean, for fuck's sake, they finally like actually had Loki classified as a bisexual for the first time ever. So he's like the only character in the MCU that's classified as, as a bisexual. And it's like, well, it's about time. Yeah. You know, and they didn't play it like it was a big thing. It was just one of those like casual mentions. And then it was like, oh, which is, but awesome. I was like, which is, awesome but I was like, this is so cool. That they thing. finally did it. They finally yeah. actually said it, you know, because, you know, like there's some characters where you're just like, I mean, why would he even think of it in those terms? What, what, do you, what do you say? He said it differently too. He said, I dabble a little here and there or something like that. Or yeah, something to that effect. Dabble something. And, and yeah, because I think Loki, because one of the Loki, characters referenced like boy or girl, and he says, well, you know, I've dabbled in whatever. And you're just like, yeah. that's a Loki answer. That's perfect. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the concept of the TVA, like before you find out it's literally just a front to keep multiple Kangs from taking over, was awesome. Like I loved that they, they used it like as a police force to find, uh, to prevent Nexus events and also to find like, deviant Lokis and, and variants of other characters and stuff like that. I thought that was really cool. Yep. Um, man, I, I just, this fucking show is so great. So great. The only thing I, I, I forgot to do, and I, I, I wish I did, so maybe you might can help me with this. Did they actually mention if uh, Captain America caused a Nexus event with his time travel? No, they said something like, they brought that up, right, about the Avengers time traveling, and they said it was allowed because it, it needed to be or something like that. Right, right. And plus they put all the pieces back yeah. because they did start to have divergences. But when you returned everything, then it, in their concept of time travel, it made everything back. So, yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Okay, good. Good, good. What else you got? What else you got? Holy shit, man. Like, I don't even know where to start. Like, everything. Everything just Kate Heron. I, I I'm gonna watch whatever she does in the future. Yep, I'm in the same boat because what she did here with these six episodes was mind-boggling to me. And if they don't have her for the second season, I'm gonna be disappointed. Right now, coming back. Oh, why? She said she's not gonna be returned for the second, and that's a huge bummer. But you know what? Oh. Maybe it's maybe it's better offers, but a lot of it is fucking toxicity from fans saying that. She made an awful show and fucking oh right boom, yeah boom Loki and right yeah because you can't you can't just choose not to watch a show like and believe right. me I understand when you love a character so much you're beholden to it it's yeah. really hard to watch something that does not feel like your your Loki or your Superman or your Batman I hundred percent understand that mm-hmm. but I mean like I guess so ridiculous so you you basically you chased her away she created like she directed a phenomenal show yeah i don't think the show would have been as good if 
some, it's hard to say if someone else directed it, if it would be as good, if not better, but I mean, she was chased away. Like I know that there was flack about, uh, they called it the incest uh, scene, which I thought was ridiculous because it's essentially Loki getting it on with himself, just a different version. Exactly. Like, of course he would fall in love with himself. Why wouldn't he? I mean, like, oh, Wilson's like, that's that's so Loki. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it, I, at no point in time was I like, Oh, and I, and I watched like the, uh, the incest episode of Rick and Morty of their most recent season. Even although that one too, I wasn't like, Oh, I was more like, Oh, this is, Oh, I can't believe, Oh, I can't believe they're doing this, you know? And they did it and it was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and it pays off actually in the later season, later episodes, but it's I wasn't as horrified like, by it. Like I knew she was a female Loki, but I never, whenever they were together, I never looked at it as two Lokis. So when oh, they no, were kissing, think, when they were kissing, I was like, this is kind of perfect. Like, I yeah. Love- well, that and like, even though she's a Loki, she's done everything she can to reject it. She doesn't consider herself a Loki. That's why she took the name Sylvie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that's why. And I, and in some cases, you can see that yeah, there's aspects of her that are Loki because there has to be, but there's other aspects that are not. And even like even uh, reading about the acting and stuff like that so she's saying like tom hiddleston took her under her wing to kind of help guide her a bit so she did her own thing but also tried to do things like a, as a Loki. and he like was like yep it is perfect you know i don't have to do anything else you know what you're doing type of thing but i thought that was great but it's so crazy that we're talking about a medium that is supposed to be so inclusive and yet it's just so exclusive. Like nobody, it's almost like we shouldn't do any live action, any animated, any anything at all, unless it fits the bill of every single person. Mm-hmm. But the concept is ridiculous because like, well, like I said, I use the phrase, you're Loki or you're Batman or you're Superman because you have your own version of those characters and it's going to have all the traits that you feel are the best version of that character, but it might not be mine or it might not be the guy down the street, but we should be able to sit there and go, okay, like I said before, like, okay, that's not for me, but I can see why somebody, or like you, and just leave it at that. It's not, it's not for me. I don't need to waste time and energy being so angry and hateful for fake fucking made up characters, you know? And that's the thing, too. It's not their Loki. Their Loki died. This is a different Loki. All that character development that he had after Avengers, which made him likable to everybody watching, is gone. This is a brand new version taking place after when you hated him. They literally tell you that in the first episode, that this is not your Loki. And yet people are just losing their minds over it. It is just ridiculous. Yeah. So, okay, so then I don't blame her for not uh, coming back for a so, second season. I, like, I don't know if that's the, uh, the reason or the only reason, but probably, it's probably got something to do with it. Probably. Because, I mean, eventually some of these jerk-offs are going to figure out where she lives. Yep. And then the, the crazier ones are going to actually try to physically do stuff because there's no concept of right or wrong with these people. Yeah. Like, ugh. It's so disheartening that we can't even just talk about stuff and be like, yeah, and, and just be largely good. Uh, uh, Black Widow getting a lot of hate, too. I Black know. Widow's getting a lot of hate, too. Master. And it's like, what the 
fuck. And especially like Taskmaster, like I said, I was surprised by the change. Um, and while I liked the change for the movie moving forward, I wasn't sure how they were going to do it. It was, it almost felt like that's a one and done. And for a character like that, that's disappointing. I stand by that, mm-hmm. but I liked, I enjoyed the switch. I enjoyed the, the whole thing. I thought, wow, okay. That's a cool take on the character. Yep. I've, I've started to look at the MCU as another ultimate universe. I'm not looking at it as the 616 because you can't. The ultimate universe. Absolutely can't. Ultimate universe flipped everything, right? It like, it, it flipped religions and sexes and, and races and like everything got squished around. Or even like just how they, like Captain America in the 616 and Captain America in the ultimate on paper the same but their backstories are much different like the yeah. captain american ultimate is a fucking prick <laughs> oh yeah like like he's a soldier first like like he's not uh, the you know the guy that you know just uh, doesn't like bullies like he was full on like no nope, i want to fucking kill nazis yep. and he didn't care what he had to do to do it and he didn't care about killing you know he was just going to do whatever he had to do to get the job done you know and that's I remember that was one of those things where like when you look back at Ultimate Captain America after watching the MC movies and some of the really good runs, you're just like, oh yeah, no, this is it's kind of a it's not one of the best takes on Captain America. Yeah. But regardless, but yeah, that's like like I can't look at the MCU and say like this is uh six one six because it isn't. It's not at all. It's not. It's a totally you know? different thing that's never been done before. Like the original versions of Cap and Iron Man Thor in this universe were obviously based off of 616 and the Ultimate. But now... And that's the other part, too. Now it's it's totally different. It's its own thing. Like, it's... Well, even, like, like Captain America, Captain America is closer to the comic books version than most of these characters. So he's closer to the comic books version. Yeah. But he's updated. I wouldn't say he's like the ultimate style, but he's updated enough where, because like they take out almost all the Patriot aspects out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they, it's not just the guy who wants to fight for his country. This is just a guy that, you know, doesn't like bullies and he doesn't care where they're from. So that aspect's the only thing that's changed. Uh, but Tony Stark, Tony Stark is way closer to the ultimate Tony Stark than he is the Marvel comic books. And I know this because they changed the Marvel comic books to suit the movie. Yes. Okay. So when they switched 616 to suit the movie, that's how, you know, it's not quite the same, you know, Um, Thor, Thor is another one that they, uh, he's kind of, he's closer to the comic books. Yeah. He, I would say he's like, he's closer. 70%. 70 percent 616 and like 30 percent ultimate just because like they don't do the well first of all because they don't do the ultra ego donald blake he doesn't hit the cane to become thor so there's none of that yeah uh but also like thor is not an environmentalist slash eco terrorist (laughs) you know what i mean yeah and there's not that uh no one really questions that he has these abilities because you know they just they can see what he can do type of thing so like there's aspects and changes but again like i agree with you mcu is its own story own version of these characters 
And specifically, because we're talking about Loki, the Loki that you fell in love with died in the first act of Infinity War. And that's it. That's it. Okay? That's it. That's all. This Loki that we're seeing right now, yeah, he's the main Loki. But this is, like I said right at the beginning, this is a Loki that's not informed by all those things. Yes, he watched what happened to him. Mm -hmm. But that's one of those where you're like, oh, fuck, that's how it ended for me. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah. Because now he's doing his own thing. He's, you know, he was looking for variants and uh, now he's got to deal with the ramifications of, you know, the the ending of the first season. But he's never going to be that character. He's because he doesn't have those experiences. He's familiar. He knows what happened, but he hasn't lived it. And that's yeah. how that's how he's different. Exactly. I, I don't understand. This whole medium is built around love and acceptance and, and all this stuff. And yet we can't help but just be hateful. Yeah, it's, uh, and the worst part is it's a small percentage of the population that's of the geek fandom that's doing this, but they're just the loudest. And like, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of being like fucking angry about some changes in, in some of the franchises I love. I don't think I've ever, ever gone. I've gotten better creator. now. I've never I, gone after a creator before, though. Oh, no, never. no, no, no. I wouldn't even think never. of it. I would never even think of no. even like on Twitter going like, hey, Bendis, uh, you really fucked up Superman, you piece of shit. No. Yeah. yeah. I got better things than, to do with my time. In fact, I just stopped reading the book. I don't like I don't like his Superman run. So guess what? I go on Twitter and I talk to him about how much I love Powers and how much I love Daredevil. And all the stuff yeah. that he has done that I love. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, ultimate. And, ultimate but also, too, like, I'm better now at, at being more accepting because, again, like I keep saying, like, it just, you acknowledge that that's not for me. Mm-hmm. You know, just like we talked about this recently with, uh, with Daredevil potentially coming to the MCU. I shouldn't say potentially. I think Daredevil ultimately is coming to the MCU. Yeah. But whether or not it's played by uh, Charlie Cox, which would be awesome if that was the case. It would really be awesome if that's the case. But like, I don't, the Daredevil that we get is not going to be the Netflix Daredevil. A. B, it's, even if it's close, even if it has a similar styled costume, uh, even if Charlie Cox is playing, you know, Matt Murdock in Daredevil. Yeah. there's just certain, like, I, I guarantee you there's going to be a no mentions of his religion, of his Catholic or Catholic background. There's going to be no man. Okay. Okay, buddy. Jesus. <laughs> There'll well, be no I, mention I, of that at all. Yeah. Like, like I said, too, I guarantee you the costume is going to have double D's on it. Probably. And like Kevin Feige said, he goes, I've been working on these characters since there was a Marvel Studios. Everything is canon. Yeah. And now with the multiverse absolutely the x-men yep. movies are out there the sony movies are out there like yeah but like like i said like so while i'm super pumped to see daredevil in the mcu mm-hmm. uh, i'm i am hesitant because i don't feel like it's going to be my version of that character and the funniest part is is that like my favorite version is in a tv show that was canceled and yep. yes it was influenced by a lot of the tv or the comic books and stuff but I'm like I'm looking at it like that's the superior version of Daredevil, period, which is hilarious. Yeah, I'm a huge Daredevil fan because of the show more so. 
I grew up with Daredevil. Uh, I can't remember. I told you I, I read that uh, Frank Miller run, the four-part Man Without Fear origin story, because yeah. mom bought it because she thought it was Spider-Man. Yeah. But I read it. I loved it. I was like, man, this is so awesome. But a lot of his runs, I was just like, uh, I don't really care for this until Bendis's run. That floored me. Right. I mean, you love the Netflix series, but who's to say you won't love what comes next? It's going to be And different. that's the other thing, but too. But you love it because you love the Bendis run, but then you also love the Wade run and how different exactly. it's going to be, right? Night and day. It's night and day. It's absolutely yeah. night and day. Exactly. Uh, I'm not really feeling Sadarsky's run, even though a lot of people like it. I'm not really feeling it, but, you know, whatever. It's just, it's not for me. And I think that's the mentality. A lot of these, every one of these people that are so full of this bullshit should be like, okay, that's not for me. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, no more tangents on that stuff. Yeah. But, uh, episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until next episode, until basically every episode that we have that it's referenced. Um, yeah. I mentioned that it was beautifully shot. This is actually probably one of the better sci-fi TV shows I've seen in a long time. Oh, easily. Craziness, craziness. Oh, I forgot to mention, I loved that uh, she was hiding, Sylvie was hiding in Nexus events. Yeah. And then Loki found her because he's like, well, that makes the most sense because you wouldn't be able to tell because it's a Nexus level event. That was really cool. When they went to Pompeii, I was like, nice, nice. As yep. soon as we landed there, I was like, oh man, Pompeii. I, I, you know what? I'm actually pretty much, I'm all out. The only thing I'm going to say from here on out, like, I am, uh, I've been steadily getting more and more pumped for phase five and ultimately Avengers five. But like now I'm, I'm like, I'm over the moon pumped. Like, I'm just like, holy shit. And even just the thought process, like even bringing in the multiverse, I was hesitant, but now I'm like, whoa, this actually means all of this stuff is in canon on some level in some variant. So like when you reference the, you know, X-Men movies. Yeah. Now that's part of the MCU because exactly. of the multiverse. Which means you know? Deadpool can continue without actually having to be part of the MCU. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and yet at the same time, kid show up in the MCU. As a different and we don't Deadpool. really not even it could be the same Daredevil or Deadpool. We don't it even have be. to reference it. He could just show up and we can acknowledge that he's in this movie and that's it. Yeah. And then go back to his thing because that's that lines up with my theory. Uh, for some of these possible outcomes with this multiverse. So specifically, uh, oh, do you have anything else to say about the TV show? Uh, I don't, I don't think so, man. I, I, I I'm so pumped that this is getting a second season and that we're going to see more of this world. And I'm so excited that they, this is played a big part in where the MCU is going. Yeah. Like, like Wanda, WandaVision definitely played an aspect. You know, it's going to connect Doctor Strange and shit. I look at it like this. Oh, uh, sorry, go on. Yeah, but no, this is like, WandaVision is like cracking the glass. This is like fucking smashing it. Like, that's exactly what I was going to say. You know I was I mean? going to say, like, that's like a sip, whereas this is the full, like, okay. All right. right. Like, holy shit. I, I, I don't know what to expect anymore. Like, I seriously don't. Now it's well, at the I, point where, where I'm like, Maybe I am going to get excited about the Eternals. Maybe the Eternals are actually in a different multiverse, and that's why they didn't play any effect in Endgame and Infinity War. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? 
Like they can do that's whatever. That's right. They can do literally Yeah, it's, it's pretty much everything is on the table. Nothing is off the table. I mean, obviously, in some cases, it'll come down to contracts and stuff like that. But still, yeah. But still, yeah, you're right. Maybe, maybe if that's the case, I feel like Eternals will definitely. I have to see one more like full on trailer, not a teaser, to get a better idea of it. But yeah, if that's the case, if they play like that's in an alternate timeline, easily could be right. And then it merges or it shows up in the MCU timeline. That's a bit different. There's, yeah. I, I think that's a, that's got some promise. So I mean, like it's it's nuts to think like this can go anywhere now. Yeah, or even just casting the actors that like oh like Charlie Cox for instance, casting him and uh, Vincent D'Onofrio as both Daredevil and Kingpin, yeah. and then bringing him into the MCU, you know is a lot easier now because Absolutely. you maybe you don't need to have all that extra new Marvel or the MCU version of these characters backstories. Right. You could literally just go. And, and, and what I'm getting at too, is like we can reference alternate timelines if we want to, or if it feels like it serves the purpose of the story or we, we don't have to like for Daredevil and Kingpin. I mean, let's face it. That's hell's kitchen. That's a small corner of New York. We could mm-hmm. just suddenly have it so that, well, now he's more renowned because of, you know, whatever's going on. It just, life happens. And now it's, now we know more about Daredevil, even though he's only covering a small radius of New York. We don't have to say he's from this dimension or this timeline or whatever. We could just say, oh, no, no, yeah. no. He's just becoming more renowned because he took down Kingpin twice. Exactly. Right? Now we can see Kingpin in, in future Spider-Man movies. Like, it, everything is like, like I might actually be able to see Spider-Man swinging around with Daredevil and Human Torch. Yeah, that would be you know that'd I mean? be crazy. That'd like, be that's, super crazy. That pumps me up. <laughs> yeah, and and so getting into possible outcomes. So for Spider-Man, I think this is one of those things where the multiverse benefits Spider-Man. Yeah. In the sense that, because as of right now, we uh, we're looking at the end of the Marvel contract as of no way home yeah so no way home is the last like mcu spider-man movie okay Mm -hmm. um so now what they can do is they can still reference spider-man because he's part of the the multiverse or not mention him at all because you know sony is going to do their un mcu produced movies so they don't have kevin feige or whatever and then after that when they recast they can uh, potentially broker another deal with Disney or Disney can finally just like truckload after truckload of money and just be like, just name your price. We'll keep rolling up trucks. Once <laughs> we're done, you, you tell us to stop you, yeah. and, and that's it. Right. You know, uh, and then they can bring it back type of thing. But the way it works is like before when we were talking about, well, so if he goes to a different dimension, right. Yep. Or a different timeline, he's got to bring back, he's got to bring Ned with him. He's got to bring uh, Michelle, MJ with him. Yep. He's got to bring like all those ancillary characters. They have to go with them too. Otherwise, what was the point, right? Just recast everybody and get it over with, right? Although I'm going to say for the record, if Sony and Disney don't get a new deal negotiated soon, it's a dumb move on both their parts. It really is. Like I know Disney doesn't have to worry too much because they're going to rake in the merchandise fees. But I mean, 
their movies get a huge boost anytime Spider-Man's in it. Like, you know, you, you heard, the second you saw the trailer with Spider-Man in Civil War, movie did a billion. Am I wrong? Didn't they already sign a new deal? I don't believe I so. recall. I recall them saying, oh, Spider-Man is done in, in with Marvel Studios. And I remember Tom Holland like posting something about being super upset about it and how he was talking to both of them, trying to get them to come back together. Oh, wait, hold on. So it's No I Way think, Home. And I think he's got one more appearance in another movie. I Because yeah, I remember... He, I'll have to double check, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's just his his Marvel contract or whatever. However, this contract is split up or whatever the agreement is. I'm pretty sure he's got one more with Marvel, and that's it. But I think like a lot of that was Sony wanted him to meet up with Venom and stuff, and then Marvel was like, no. But now with this multiverse. Hey, do whatever you want, Sony, because at the end of the day, we don't really have to pay attention to it. But even it seems silly that Marvel would be like, no, nah, you can't do a team-up movie with Venom. <laughs> like, yeah. it just seems crazy that that's part of the contract where they're just like, he can only appear in Avengers movies yeah, and, and his own movies, and that's it. He can't yeah. appear in anything else, just these movies. That's like, what the fuck, guys, really? If I was Marvel, I'd be like, hey, can we play with Venom for a while? Well, that's that's kind of where I'm, I was going back to is like if we've got this thing, and I mean, like I I know that in Venom they haven't really they didn't reference Spider Man at all, no. but I mean, obviously, Morbius references Spider Man. Yep. You know, and uh, I believe there was a reference to Spider Man in Venom Two in the trailer. Right. So, you know, like I guess I guess my my ultimate thing is like because I I like. Spider-Man in the MCU because th- this version fits the MCU perfectly. Um, and I also I don't trust Sony to be able to handle Spider-Man on their own because prior to the MCU version of uh, Spider-Man, they like they fucked up with Spider-Man 3. Mm-hmm. You know, and Amazing Spider-Man 1 was a huge misstep, even though there, it's not a terrible, horrible version of Spider-Man like some people have you to believe, but it was a huge misstep. Yes, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2 was a giant course correction in the right direction, Yeah, but it still wasn't really as good as it could have been. So that's three movies and back-to-back too. Like, this isn't like, Spider-Man 1 was okay, but Spider-Man 2 was amazing, and then Spider-Man 3 was, like, you know, not as good, and then the Amazing Spider-Man was so, so it's not like this, it's, like, here, and then they, like, they fucked around with Raimi, then it starts to drop, and then they they got Mark Webb, and they said, hey, do whatever we want, and it was, like, okay, like, Spider-Man 3 is better than Amazing Spider-Man across the board. It just is the worst of the Raimi movies, in my opinion. Yeah. And then you've got Amazing Spider-Man, and it's like, some things are good, but for the most part, not really. Mm -hmm. Then the course correct, because they had to. They absolutely had to. But even still, it was more of an attempt to get the Sinister Six movie off the ground, which is so dumb. 
<laughs> so dumb. But regardless, regardless, so it's I I feel like they have to have a, a Kevin Feige or someone who is so like who loves the character enough or can appreciate the character to say, no, 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 we can't do this stuff, or we gotta we gotta do it this way, or like something to that effect. I think it will benefit Sony to continue the partnership and also benefit Disney as well. Yeah. 100%. I mean, they're both getting a ton of money in the end. Well, and that's just it too, right? And so I'll follow up with the any of the contract stuff that I, uh, I I dig just to confirm. But I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure this is pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I, I mean, I'm not doubting you. I just like I, I swear, like last last year maybe. I remember Tom Holland being all bummed out and shit and saying he was talking to both Disney and Sony and trying to make things happen. And- yeah. No, I remember that too, and I. I but I'm pretty sure it was literally just one more appearance in the MCU. Yep. Which isn't really going to be much more than what he did in any of the other, like Civil War or the Avengers movies, right? Yeah. Uh, so we're talking like maybe five minutes total screen time. I think, well, I mean, uh, Infinity War, he was probably closer to 10, 15, give or take. But... Uh, I don't know. I'll I'll do follow up. I'll do a little bit more work. Okay. Uh, I'll confirm that with you. But because uh, I've I've been looking for this because I feel like he's got another three movies in him. Oh, he's got more than that. I I actually I feel like he's got about three more before he, I feel like he is done with the character. That would be the different thing. Yeah, when he is done. I mean, you know, otherwise he could keep going for 15, 20 years if he wanted to. Yeah. And I mean, like, if we get three more movies of this version of Peter Parker, and then they can recast and do whatever they want, then it, then it's fine. Um, because again, like I said, like this isn't necessarily my perfect version of of Spider Man, but it's really close. And I really like this version, yeah. so it's not like I, I fully expect them to take a break from Peter after Tom Holland's done and and just Miles for a while. That's another one, like. That would be interesting to see too. Like, yeah. But, but I mean, we'll see. Uh, hell, I mean, fucking into the Spider Verse is canon now. It is. It is. That's, I can't wait for that sequel. Oh, oh, man. That sequel. Peter B. Parker is back for the movie. Yeah. I got some more Jake Johnson. This is great. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting to see his character without the belly too, or the sweatpants. Like actually being back actually, to Prime Spider Man, being yeah. happy and everything, and you know, yeah. but uh, but all all uh, in all seriousness, this uh, has left me more excited for movies that I wasn't necessarily excited to it. Like Doctor Strange two, I was like, okay, like you know, I'm I'm gonna watch this movie and I think it's gonna be really really good. But now I'm like, no, I have to watch this movie. Okay, I can't even tell you how excited I am for that movie now. I have to watch this movie. I can't just kind of, sort of be, I like, I have to watch this movie. Ant-Man uh, and the Wasp Quantumania. I was going to watch it regardless because I, I love this, the franchise. I think the yeah. that's one of the unsung uh, Marvel franchise heroes, and it's great. But I was going to watch it regardless. But again, I absolutely have to watch this movie. <laughs> this is not like, yeah, I'll watch fucking rights. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm watching this movie. That's it. Yeah. It's fucking, I'm watching this movie. You know, um, I'm, Hawkeye, I think, is that the next uh, TV show that's up? Uh, what if is next? What if is next? That's right. Which, 
okay, palate cleanser, get that out of the way. And after what if I after whatever I believe it is Hawkeye. And then it's Miss Marvel, I think. After and then Miss Marvel, and then I think She Hulk, and then Moon Knight. I yeah, think that's the order right now. So, but now it's become, I have to watch all of these shows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, especially because even like the like Hawkeye, well. There's got to be some sort of Thunderbolts reference, some sort of tie-in with uh, Valentina. Yeah. Uh, you know, same with She-Hulk. She-Hulk might be a little bit more bonkers than uh, than we might be thinking of, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Moon Knight, I think, will be interesting to see because that'll be one of those where that'll give you a better idea of how they're going to handle if they're going to try to do a Netflix-style Daredevil. Mm-hmm. That's going to give you an idea of how they're going to handle it. It's also going to give you an idea of how dark they're willing to go for Blade. And that's, yeah, well, yeah, actually, that's right. Because, I mean, you know, like, we'll we'll see. We'll see. But with Loki, though, we had, uh, like, stabbings on screen. Oh, yeah. You know, like, we had, like, full, uh, like, there's no way you could tell me that they didn't die just because you didn't see blood. Yeah. After Loki and Black Widow, I'm feeling like, Marvel's kind of willing to turn a little more to the dark side now. And push uh, that. Disney. It's Disney. It's Disney. Disney's a little bit more willing to. Well, to Disney. Get that. Yeah. Like, okay. Marvel's yeah. always been willing, but Disney's given the AOK now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, they're pushing that PG 13 as far as it can go now. Right. And I mean, like, like when we're talking about Moon Knight, uh, Moon Knight and Blade are the two where when I heard that these were Disney shows, I was like, whoa, I don't know about this. Like, and I'm not saying like uh, Moon Knight has to be ultra fucking violent, but it is a darker, grittier, and it is a, a brutal character to oh, yeah. deal with. Yeah. But also we're talking about a character that's got multiple personalities. So that's another aspect too that's going to be really interesting to see how they handle that. Blade, I mean, we're talking vampires. You just don't show any blood. They can yeah. disintegrate upon... Uh, uh, any sort of blade cuts and that's fine but still again we're talking about a guy who <laughs> hunts vampires like yeah i mean and if he's cracking jokes left and right like i'm gonna be like get the fuck out of here that dry like uh, subtle digging the sarcastic humor fine perfect yep. like the wesley snipes character is so perfect for blade that it's it's hard to envision anyone else doing anything different it is. But I mean, he's kind of, well, I mean, it's kind of right now, like Hugh Jackman, too. Like, it's definitive. I can't imagine anyone else in the role, right? Right. But at the same time, I don't want any actors to suddenly feel like they have to do their version of, of that uh, version. Like Brandon Routh being like an updated version of Christopher Reeve's Superman. Yeah. It was cool to see. But every single time I've watched it since, uh, I'm I'm always just like, it's a missed opportunity. Like they could have had him do something different, you know? Yeah. So instead of him doing, so instead of the next guy doing their impression of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, let him do something a little bit different. Right. Absolutely. So all in all, I'm excited. I'm still a little hesitant with no way home. uh, Partly because of the whole, like, yes, with the multiverse and, and uh, you know, seeing all the different versions of Spider-Man that may or may not actually be in this movie. Yeah. 
my fear is the overshadowing. I don't want Spider-Man, Tom Holland Spider-Man to be overshadowed in his own movie, especially because Iron Man has been a huge specter for the last two movies. And if this new costume is his official costume until the next movie, I mean, okay, fine, I guess. The the reasoning behind it better make sense, but if it's literally an homage to Tony Stark and Iron Man, I'm going to be like, that's that's stupid. That's so stupid because the red and black was his version of uh, the Stark suit, so that's how he's paying homage to him. Yeah, And let the guy stand on his own two feet, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> I know he's a kid. I get it. I understand completely. But I mean, like, when you read the comic books, like this is a guy when like other heroes found out Peter Parker was Spider-Man, their reaction was, hey, you're so young. Like you're a kid. Like, yes, he's an adult now. And in the comic books, they he's an adult and he has been. But I mean, like, could you imagine being like Captain America and, you know, the kid, that, like the guy that just saved your life, Spider-Man is an actual kid. And you're like, wait, what the fuck? You're not even in college. Yeah. And you're like a better hero than most of these people that are superheroes. Like, whoa, it would check me too. I would definitely be like, I thought I was great. I thought I was a good guy, but that fucking kid there who does homework and saves fucking New York constantly on a daily basis, like literally on a nightly basis, that kid sacrifices his entire life to be Spider-Man. That guy's great. Yep. So, so yeah, I mean, if we don't get that version, the best part is, is I can just go on Twitter and just spread hate, just spread vile hate everywhere. Spread it all over. I want my Spider-Man. Yeah. This is not my Spider-Man. <sighs> oh, before I forget, positive note. Um, so Nightwing. So they, they had this teaser about how uh, Nightwing's dad actually had a daughter. Mm-hmm. And there was that possibility, like, they were going to... There was the thought process that it was going to be, like, he cheated on Dick's mother, and that's how this uh, the girl came about. Nope, not at all. No. He got her pregnant before he ended up with uh, uh, Dick Grayson's mom. But wow. he never knew. He never knew he had the kid. Like he hooked up with the girl, and then they and the the issue they actually say like he wasn't with your mother beforehand because he was he put her up on such a high pedestal, and she put him on the same pedestal. So they just they weren't together. We had a you know we had a good little time. I had to leave. I'm not gonna spoil too much, but I had to leave. And then she came back with the daughter to say, "Hey, look, like this is your kid." comes across the flying Graysons and it's their training dick on the uh the high wire <laughs> so she's like everything you guys all look so happy i didn't want to wreck that i was like man i swear to god this is fucking this is a run for the ages potentially run for the ages and it's big like what was 77 was the first issue or 78 78. uh 78 78 78 is going for a shit ton of money on eBay. Like this run is crazy big. 
it's so huge. The art is amazing. The writing's amazing. In fact, like I actually have a variant cover as my wallpaper right now. Yeah. And it's this uh, like black and white background with like Nightwing kind of like the symbol sort of spray painted on. And it's uh, Tim Drake or sorry, Red Robin Mm -hmm. sitting on a bench looking at his phone. And Dick is just kind of leaning up against the building drinking like pop. (laughs) <laughs> and it's just this casual thing, but it looks so cool because, like, it's largely black and white, but yep. the logo is blue. Nice. Um, Robin's cape, the inside is yellow. So it just pops. It looks incredible. I The, the run is amazing. It's so good. Like, I really, really I, – I have no doubt in my mind that this is, like, a potential run for the ages. This is, like – I'm already liking this run more than Grayson, and I loved Grayson. Like you Grayson was Grayson. such a good book. It's still such a good book. There's a couple of missteps here and there based on just stand-in artist and <laughs> oh yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. He's agreeing with you. He's completely agreeing with everything you're saying. Yeah, I know. I know. How dare they have a life? Hey? Okay. Anyway, so okay. Okay. Sit. <laughs> That's enough. Anyway, Geek Pantsers, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the Geek Pants Camcast. Yep. Um, you know what? I say it all the time. I will always say it. Thank you so much. Like, Ken and I really appreciate it. Yes, we would do this regardless, but the fact that you guys join us every couple of weeks, or in mm-hmm. some cases, every month, means the world to us. Um and we're so glad that we get to do this and have differing opinions, especially this guy in the background. <laughs> um, as always, you can see us you know, on uh, YouTube. You can see us on Facebook. You can see us on Twitter. You can see us on Instagram. You can hear us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Yep. Um, you can see Chris Fedick almost exclusively on geekpantsmedia.com. Yep. See us a little bit. You know, yeah. But I mean, to be fair, if you were seeing us on all these other mediums, then you're probably sick of seeing our faces anyway. But the support is amazing. All our followers are great. We want more. So tell your friends. Uh, We want more than just Malaysia to love us more than anything. Because I didn't forget Malaysia. towards other countries. But regardless, we appreciate it so much. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to the next batch. At oh, this yeah. point, I don't know what's next on our Geek Pants schedule. Who knows? There is so much stuff down the bank. And you know what? Pretty soon, this whole Zoom thing is going to be done. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'll have to see your uh, vaccine passports. Done. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. But uh, in all honesty, Geek Pants, we love you. Uh, stay mm-hmm. safe. Learn to love learn to accept the fact that maybe this isn't your version of that character and just continue to revisit the the versions that you love. Mm -hmm. I might not like MCU Daredevil. I might not, but I'll always be able to continue to watch the Netflix version. I may not like Chip Zdarsky's run on Daredevil, but I can always check out Mark Waid's and always check out Bendis's. So that's kind of my point. Just love each other. That's it. Because that's all we have is each other. Years and years and years of different versions out there for you to love. And in the end, we're all just geeks. That's right. That's right. 
So on that note, pew 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 pew. pew. Are you seriously pulling that shit and want to want to can cast? Like Christ. That's enough, big guy. He's got to have his cameo appearance. I'm fine with a cameo appearance when he starts like doing that super masculine line. The next door neighbor's puppy is barking. Titan has officially become our Stanley.